Mutz fans, we'd like to open up uh, our podcast in condolences to the families of Constable Brett Ryan and Constable Travis Jordan, uh, who we lost on Thursday. Uh, our thoughts and prayers are with their family, their friends, and the entire police force. Uh, as everyone knows that uh, the men and women that serve, uh, you know, us here in Edmonton and our province and uh, officers uh, around the world, they do such an amazing job of putting their lives on the line for us to uh, to live in a nice, safe world. And uh, with our hearts, uh, our hearts are uh, are hurting right now for them. And, uh, you know, we hope, uh, you know, the families are going to be doing okay. And we're, our thoughts and prayers are with them. Uh, a few of them do listen to our podcast, the family members. Uh, so we are thinking of you guys, if you guys need anything, uh, please reach out. Um, you know, we have a, a police officer on our ball hockey team too, and a performance he had the other night in, in efforts to, uh, to pay tribute to, to his brothers that have passed away is, it's tough. And, uh, we have a panel tonight and we're going to go around. Everyone's going to say, uh, some words, um, and I'll pass the mic over to uh, Clay Vanderham. Oh, it's it's tragic. Um, I think we all have or know um, friends, family that um, that are in the, the line of service that that policemen, firefighters, you know, nurses, doctors—they're all in. And talking to people, we know how close they are. Uh, not only amongst their unit, but worldwide, how, how they're a family and how it can affect. And that's who you think of when you you hear tragedies of this. And then not only that, but you think of the the family of the the young man that you know the troubled young man that uh, that did this heinous act. You think of their family and whatnot. So it's yeah, it's, it's a tragic story all the way around. Phil. Yeah, I was fortunate enough uh, about 15 years ago, I got to go on a ride along with EPS and uh, they really are like a a tight, tight group of guys and a brotherhood. And uh, so, yeah, we're hearts, hearts are hurting with you guys and uh, rest in peace to those two uh, boys who, who made the ultimate sacrifice to protect us. And Rupper. Yeah, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to all the family members of both constables. Um, absolutely gutted about it. Um, you know, you wake up in the morning and you want to, you know, start your day off right. And, and you know, that comes on the news and it just kind of nullifies the whole day. Um, you know, and you know, these guys go out and risk their lives every single day. And I don't think people really, really understand that, you know, um, you got, uh, social media, anytime somebody gets uh, shot, you know, by a cop or a police officer, it's why didn't they shoot the knife out of the hand or shoot him in the leg or, you know, they, they have zero idea, um, what it takes to be a police officer. Are there, are there, are there, you know, and I I don't want to take away from anything that we're talking about right now, but you know, the first thing you kind of do is you go online and everybody's, you know, putting out their uh, ribbons and um, God bless the police. And I'm telling you, if, 
in, in, in a month and a half, you're going to see something like this, but, but a suspect gets shot and these guys are going to be the bleeding heart. So he should have, he should have did this. He should have did that. Well, you've never been charged out with a gun or a knife or anything like that. And, you know, people are screaming about defund the police and you know what? The first person that's going to be calling the police is these bleeding hearts that are saying defund the police when shit goes south. Sorry for my language, but um, I just, it, it really gets under my skin. Um, you know, these two guys, not just these two guys, but all of them go out every single day to risk their lives um leave their families and they never know if they're going to come home and in this situation they didn't so uh rest in peace boys we uh you know thoughts and prayers again go to the families thank you rupper and that was very well said um our thoughts and prayers and we're thinking of you guys we love you um and uh for there's anything that we can do on our end uh please let us know in this episode will be dedicated to the families Podcast presented by BioSteel. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. Tonight, I have Clay Vanderham with me. Vandy, how's it going? Vandy is dandy. We had uh, an excellent day, as many of you might have saw on on social media yesterday. Uh, hockey for me and the boys, and last but not least, Nicole. Hockey is over <laughs> for the year. Um, for a couple weeks at least, and then we get into spring stuff and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing excellent getting ready. We're family and, and, um, friends of ours are going out to Banff next week. So it'll be nice. Nice to get away. Thanks. And, uh, we have Phil Stockley with us, uh, Philly. How's it going? Going pretty good. Uh, my kids are also all done with hockey. Uh, got to end it off in Canmore, Alberta. I don't know. Listeners have uh, been to Canmore, but it's an absolute beauty uh, right in the Rocky Mountains. This time and of year is awesome, my, too. It was yeah, beautiful down there, and this is for my U7, so, you know, games didn't even really matter, so there was no stress uh, watching the games. They just all had fun and, you know, got to go to the pool and the hotel and water slides, and so it was a really great, great way to end off the year. And, uh, yeah, so here we are now getting into the swing of spring nice and last but not least he is back with us uh getting ready for provincials for his kid uh at the sabers hockey i believe they start on thursday night thursday afternoon actually and uh we'd like to welcome back to the two months podcast trevor ruptash rupper how's it going 
It's going good. Uh, you know, Phil and Clay are sitting here pumping each other's tires about how they're done hockey, and I'm just getting into the full swing of things again. Been busy. I haven't been on the pod for a long time. I apologize for that. Uh, had two boys uh, go to championship uh, weekends, and my oldest boy, like Bosco mentioned, we're going headed off to the bustling city of Okotoks uh, tomorrow after work. We head out and hopefully the boys uh, can head down there and give a good showing. Nice. Um, how, how excited are you for that rapper? Ah, you know, I'm pretty excited. Uh, more excited to have a few pops with the dads. Uh, things can kind of get on a tangent there with a few of those guys, yeah. which is fun. Uh, um, you know, hanging out in the hotel lobby, smashing beers, just uh, like we're kids again. So that's that's probably what I'm looking for the most. I I, I ain't playing, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not too excited about that. That's that's on the kids and up to the kids, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, before we jump into our NHL news and notes, uh, I'd like to kind of open it up to uh, the kind of the biggest topic that's been going on in social media and on podcasts and TV shows and all that, and that's you know, uh, fighting in hockey. And we obviously seen what the Quebec junior major league is going to do next year. And, um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a proponent for this. There's still a lot of room for this in the game, but, uh, Trevor, I'd like to get your thoughts. Uh, you know, your kids play minor hockey and, um, you know, you know, I always think it's like important to find a way to defend yourself. And I, you know, hockey's a, a sport of frustration at times. And I think you need to find a way to get your frustration out. Uh, you know, and the last thing you want to see is more stick work, um, but you don't want to also see uh, any more injuries too. But your thoughts on kind of what's happening here with the with the the junior hockey league in Quebec, uh, kind of banning fighting uh, starting of, uh, of next year? Well, I hate to say that I'm right in a situation, but I've been kind of saying now for four or five years that within the next decade, fighting would be out and. You know, people will laugh and call me crazy, and here we are, right? Uh, with with the Quebec League announcing that they're taking it out, other leagues are going to follow, and it's just going to trickle up. There's basically really no fighting in the NHL anymore anyways. Yeah. Um, they, the guys can't go out there and police themselves. They can run around, and, you know, some guys can take liberties. And 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 you know what? I think we're at a point where, some guys just don't, I, I think, you know, I don't know what the, the, they don't want to take a penalty at the, at a bad time. It seems like now, right. Where back in the day, it was just like, Hey, you hit this guy, you're going to answer the bell and, and it's going to happen right after we get out. If it was a rough or whatever, right after we get out of this box, we're dancing and, you know, it's just the way it is. The game's evolved past that, I guess. And, it's unfortunate because I think I think there is a place for it still, and I think there still needs to be a place for it. I think guys have to answer for their actions sometimes, and there's nothing wrong with two guys scoring up and uh, trading paint over it. Yeah, uh, Vandy, your kind of thoughts, and also in the in that question too, we'll get to your thoughts or on this too, Rupper. But uh, Vandy, your thoughts on this, and you know, obviously, kind of the talks at the GM meetings were also fights oh. after clean hits too, and. You know, well, that's I, I, together, right? I think what we have here is a twofold, um, maybe even threefold. We've got the NHL has basically gotten rid of the stage fights. 
And that was one. And I, right, you know, when that was happening, that was, I mean, I'm pretty sure that was right around the time when Rupp said that fighting is going to be no more. Yeah. So there's one. Number two now is, is really the only time you see a fight nowadays is, is after a hit. And, and then you got three where Quebec's going straight out, get rid of it. So there's got, we got to find a balance between a, a stage fight and, and a heated battle playoff type atmosphere fight. And right now I don't think we're, we're kind of in between. We don't know there isn't that in the regular season. You, you don't see any of that until the playoffs. And I think when you get the, 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 you know, the, the fights after the hit, have always kind of, I, I don't know where it came from. Maybe it's a copycat league that it could be that, but to me, that just says, you know, why not? I've always, why not pick your battles? You know, what, what happened to take a number that kind of thing? And I know we're going old and yeah, whatnot, but, but take a number or go after their guy. That is my fear is you get rid of fighting and now you've got, Klim uh, Kostin knocks, um, I don't know who, Adam Larson, a defenseman or, or whatever, Matt Beneers out for the game. And, and then now you got guys from Seattle, probably a bad example because Seattle doesn't have any players like that, but now you got guys going after Connor and, and you don't have anybody to really protect Connor, even Leon, even Hyman. But that's my fear that, that it's going to be a tit for tat. It'll become a tit for tat league. And it's only going to get worse. Your stick work and, and all that and your your little rats aren't going to be able to, you know, to be policed at all. That That's my fear of it. But I, I think we need to find a balance between the the stage fighting, the fighting after the hits and, and taking the game. Obviously, it's a big spread, but and taking fighting out completely. You got to there's got to be a balance there. Yeah. But I, I mean, does it really surprise any of us at Quebec? No, took no. it out. Like, yeah, it's they're, they're I the mean that they've been the they've for decades they've been known as pure skill. Yeah, league, right? So I mean, it doesn't surprise us. I really hope the dub doesn't follow suit. Which who knows? But it doesn't. No, they said that they're they're. They, I mean, I heard that the AJ is going full cages next year. That's a thing. Like we'll get into that because Jeff yeah. Merrick, Jeff Merrick thinks um, that the full care Jeff Merrick with uh, Thirty Two Thoughts podcast. He thinks. Uh, uh, all junior leagues, uh, you know, all over the world will be going full cages within the next three years. So it's his prediction. So um, we can get into that at some point here. But yeah, the, no, but that's what I mean. It's just but like evolving how much it. you said it, how much the, the hockey's a, um, a, not a violent game, but I, I guess it is. It's a fast well, it, impact. It it's an impact game and yeah. there needs to be, you know, they Tensions rise. There needs to be something that breaks that ice, right? Referee referees can only do so much. Correct. At Uh, at some point, there has to be player accountability. Anyway, go on. Sorry. Uh, uh, No, 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 no worries. Uh, Phil, your thoughts on kind of this topic and where you where you stand on it? Well, I, I I, like I'm a Flames fan. It's pretty. uh, Everybody on the podcast knows that. And, you know, for the last 10 years, I got to watch two of the best scrappers in the game in uh, Brian McGratton and Milan Lucic. And, you know, for example, like a look at that game last night in LA where we just got our, uh, we just got 
the wheels beat off us by the Kings. Like, you know, when you're down three, nothing, what's going to swing the momentum more than a scrap, right? Yeah. Like the amount of times I saw Calgary getting pumped by someone and then whether it Lucic, McGratton, uh, get into a nice, nice, nice tilt. And, you know, your team starts to chip away. Your team starts to like go to, go to battle for that, that warrior who was just in a fight for you, right. To get you going. And, uh, I know like, like Vandy and Rupper, you guys both coach probably, you know, coaches don't, don't always love letting their guys scrap to change the momentum in a game. But, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like the code, right? Like, you know, I'm going to give you one now and, you know, down the road, you're going to, you're going to switch it up and maybe they'll need a fight here and there. So, uh, like for me, just, I think fighting has a place in the game for that too. Like just to, to like swing momentum, maybe once in a while, help your team out, show your team that you're willing to go to battle for him. You're willing to fight. Cause like, I don't know about you guys, but that'd be one of like the scariest things on earth is to, you know, line up with an NHL goon for a scrap. Yeah, it would not be pleasing for sure. And, you know, I think the importance of, uh, you know, toughness and intimidation is is needed. And, you know, it's, I get the end of the day, it's a game of emotion. And sometimes, you know, you'll see a, a fight changes the the momentum of a game too, if you're down, you know, that like there's some, there's importance to it, but also too, we're seeing how much this game is evolving Vandy, where the skill and, and speed of development is, is huge in it. But how do you protect those guys if there is no fighting? What, like what happens when those guys are running up the score or just have a can play, right? You, you can if there's no fighting. Yeah, exactly. Because these guys, let's face it, these guys, you know, Ryan Reeves is good. But if I'm Connor McDavid, I want Ryan Reeves on the ice all the time. But sure. at the end of the day, Ryan Reeves will be gone and obsolete. So the only way to curb that is, I mean, you got to, you got to, Somewhat, you got to let the guys please themselves. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to this rapper before we move on? Next topic. Okay. There we go. All right. Uh, we'll be back after these commercial, after these messages with, uh, from our friends at uh, CDN. This public service announcement is brought to you by our friends at CDN. Here's a crazy thought. Not all teamware needs a team logo. Stand out in the crowd and rep your team colors with one of CDN's hockey hats. Listen, these hats are phenomenal. We just got ours a little while ago, and we've been wearing them nonstop. You know when you find a hat you love and you just can't take it off? Yep, that's how we feel with our CDN hat. Every time we wear it out, we get asked, where did you get that hat? I know what you're thinking. How can I get one? Cue the details. Shop online 24-7 at www.wearecdn.ca and use the promo code 2MUTS for 15% off your order. Again, that's www.wearecdn.ca to get your new favorite hat and use the discount code 2MUTS at checkout for 15% off your order. Now back to the show. The Two Months Podcast is presented by BioStill. Use promo code Two Months Pod Twenty Five. That's Two Months Pod Twenty Five, all capitals, to get twenty five percent off your order at checkout when you go to BioStill.ca. Also, the Two Months Podcast is presented by SeatGeek. Use promo code Two Months Pod, all capitals. That's Two Months Pod, to get twenty dollars off your purchase at checkout. 
We interrupt the Too Much podcast to bring you some breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a fresh shave to a beard trim, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code 2MUTS for 20% off and free shipping. Listen, I'm a real lazy guy. I hate shaving every day. Ask my wife. I leave thousands and thousands of little stubble in the sink. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard. Say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right. Face grooming does not need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can please your wife and shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium-coated T-blade is tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. This kit does not end there, though. They have created four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. First, beard shampoo and conditioner, then beard oil, and finally, beard balm. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code 2MUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code 2MUTS. Manscaped, beard hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. The 2MUTS podcast is brought to you by Free Bars, and Free Bars are arguably the best tasting energy bar. You might have heard Free Bars on the podcast before, and maybe you've tried them at Edmonton's most popular farmer's markets. Free Bars focus on three main things for their bars. One, Free Bars are free of priority allergens, including peanuts, nuts, dairy, eggs, gluten, and soy. Second, Free Bars taste great. I was talking to Luke, the man behind Free Bars, and the comments they get while sampling is always positive. Everyone loves how they taste. Three, they are full of healthy and whole ingredients, nothing artificial and no preservatives. Free bars are made right here in Edmonton and they are quickly popping up in stores around the city. Free bars use a mixture of hemp hearts, honey and gluten-free oats as their base. And then there are the three flavors, chocolate chip, mint chocolate chip and the popular coconut. Free bars list of ingredients is short. Like in the coconut, there's just hemp hearts, honey, gluten-free oats, shredded coconut, and coconut oil. That's it. As school gets back into the swing of things and hockey season starts, parents and kids are bringing free bars to the rink as a healthy, delicious snack. Want to try? 
Listeners of this podcast will get 20% off with the promo code TWOMUTS. That's one word, TWOMUTS, and the discount will be applied at checkout. Learn more about free bars by visiting us at Strathcona's Farmer's Market, Bountiful Farmer's Market, and St. Albert Farmer's Market, or online at freebars.ca. Want to pick it up at the store? Check out freebars.ca for a full list of our realtors. Don't forget the promo code, two months, and have arguably the best tasting energy bar today. That's free bars. So we'll move to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, this uh, segment is uh, sponsored by our friends at Shadowfight Salon and Barbershop. Rupper, what's your thoughts on kind of what's going on with the Oilers as of late? Um, you know, with uh, and also what's your level of concern going into the playoffs when you really only have one goaltender with the situation with Campbell and you know, where he's at in his, in, in his uh, point of his uh, early on in his other career. Um, I guess we'll start there. What's your situation? Are you, are you worried about Campbell? Um, do you think he's going to be needed in the playoffs or is this pretty much Skinner's net from here on the way out and they're going to ride and die with uh, Stuart Skinner? Well, Skinner's earned it um, obviously, but riding a guy, how many games are left? 11? Yeah. yeah, about eleven. Yeah, it, it, eleven games. He he's going to need a little bit of rest here, and and I if the Oilers were in a little bit better of a position, I think Campbell would be getting more starts. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, it, it is is Campbell produced uh, this year? No, he hasn't. You know, I I, I heard uh, I can't remember who I was talking to, but it was somebody. Um, kind of in the business and he he says, you know, we as fans, you were very hard on guys that get traded immediately. And we don't understand that sometimes it takes a season, a season and a half for these guys to get accustomed. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, laying any blame or making any excuses for Campbell, but I think sometimes we forget these guys are human beings and, you know, he's left family and friends and a life behind and, just basically got to pick up and start over. So is that something that could be going on hundred percent? But, you know, I, I hate to be the guy that says I was right or we were right before, but the Oilers problems are still their own zone. I'm telling yeah. you, it's, yeah. you know, at home coming here, unbelievable pickup, great deal. Holland looks like a goddamn genius, but it, it's just a tire fire in their own zone. And until that gets fixed, this team ain't going far. Yeah. They can't, they can't, you can't, you know, we can't score if, if goals a game, we have to, we have to limit that. We're going to have to win two, one games in playoffs, three, one games, three, two games. And if we can't keep the puck out of the net, that's going to be a tough, a tough task. Yeah. And you can't ask Ekholm to play, you know, 40 minutes a game. Like that's just unfeasible to do. Why not? Let's see what he's made of. I mean, <laughs> like, let's see. I mean, he, look, look, look what look what happened in the bubble, uh, or sorry, no, against the Jets there in the playoffs when the Oilers tried to play uh, play their studs every other shift. They just ran out of gas. Yeah, they. Yeah, that was that was a bit of a mistake by Dave Tippett to you know dress six but only go with four defensemen, right? So yeah. And they were obviously chasing that series pretty badly, but no, I agree with Robert because the argument I had with a couple of friends today was, you know, like you don't see um, too many rookie goaltenders 
that have never had any playoff experience go in and lead you to a Stanley Cup run. Now, yes, Jordan Bennington did it, and Cam Ward did it. Cam Ward didn't start the series for Carolina, but he came in relief for Gerber. And then, you know, but this is like the group chat I'm a part of. They're like, what are you talking about? Jay Gottinger went to the Stanley Cup final. No, Jay Gottinger didn't. Last year with Jay He went to game seven. He went to game seven in his first ever go around in the playoffs. Then they were like, no, 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 no. Andre Vasilevsky went to the Stanley Cup final in his first year. Okay. The Tampa Bay Lightning did go. So yes, he did go, but he was not the starter. He played four games in relief for Ben Bishop. So, you know, like, and then they're talking about Matt Murray. Matt Murray had Andre, Andre, Mark Andre Fleury. So that was a duel that went in there. Now, if you're calling on Jack Campbell, there's probably a good chance Stuart Skinner's either hurt or he's the moment has been too much for him. And the series either two, nothing or three, one or three, nothing. So, um, Vandy, your thoughts on this? I know we kind of talked about it with Stoff a bit, but where, where are you standing? Like obviously another performance last night where it's not good. Seven goals get by him only four count, but he did not look himself. He did kind of have a better third period, but, there, uh, this is very concerning when you're let's, here for 25 yeah, I mean, let's take away the first two periods, maybe first two and a half. When when the oil needed him most, he was there. You know, after that goal was called back, that made it 5-3, and then it was still 4-3. He was dialed in, I think. Yeah. And so I think, like, to give Trev Trev's point, you know, we got, what, 11 games left? Skinner... You know, I think if we keep him around the 48 and Mark, he, I think he's played, what, 42, 43 now? 43, I believe, yeah. Let's see what Campbell can do here. We're pretty comfortable. I mean, we're in a we're in a spot. I get it. You know, Calgary and Winnipeg are, are still coming on strong. But I, I think we're okay where we can let Campbell find his game. And what's wrong with going with a two-headed monster in the playoffs? I still think Campbell's going to start. I am. Yeah, I am. I'll stand by that. I still think he's going to start in the playoffs. Yeah, start game one, eh? Uh, yeah, I think, and I think Rupp touched it right on there was with the defensive zone. That is still their biggest concern, and most of those goals on Camel weren't really his fault last night. A lot of them, like the Eric Carlson, is just wide open right in the slot. So, um, Phil, your kind of thoughts on what you've seen from the defensive play, but uh, also seen of Campbell in his last five six starts. Well, that I like I put the game on last night and it's pretty quick that shot like right from the middle of nowhere just goes in. Then it was called back and then I think it was like a few minutes later, same shot hits the post. So like I I don't know. I disagree with Vandy. I don't think I don't think Skinner's the, I don't think sorry, I think Skinner's your starter in the playoffs for sure. I think Skinner's your guy you gotta go with right now. Um Jack Campbell to me, he looked lost on on a couple of those plays. He didn't look like I don't. I didn't think he was sitting well in the net. Um, I think he got the start yesterday because it was the San Jose Sharks. Like I, that's that's the only reason I think he got a start yesterday. Um, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them going going into the playoffs with Skinner. But it's like it's like uh, Bosco's point: rookie goalie. And uh, I don't think he's got much support there. So, do you? Uh, how many more starts do you think uh, uh, Camel gets before the uh, playoffs start? Rupper, um, with eleven games left, how many more would you give him? Four of the eleven, or would you give him five out of the eleven? 
Yeah, I'd go three to five. I think Skinner is going to need a little time before, not staying like the game before, two games before, but I think he's got to get a little bit of rest under his belt. And, you know, if if the opportunity presents itself for uh, Campbell to play four games, then do it. Yeah, there's obviously another back-to-back, but you do have a lighter schedule. Um, what's your... Vandy, what's your thoughts on, you know, the pairing of CC and, and Nurse? Would you try to break that pairing up and try to stabilize the back end a little bit more? Because obviously the pairing between Eckholm and Bouchard has worked out wonderfully since uh, the, the trade with nine points and 10 games and a plus 15 for Eckholm. Um, but uh, how would you solidify the, the second pairing to, uh, you know, fix some of these holes that are probably happening in the, the defensive zone? Because I wonder how it would look if DeHarnay played with Nurse. So that's what I was going to, yeah. if you go maybe give Deharnay, I Broberg's one of those defense. I don't know what you guys, uh, he's just one of those defensemen that d- doesn't do it for me. Like he's, he's given a lot of opportunity, but I, I don't know. I would go maybe, I thought to me other, you know, and this isn't because he saved the uh, goal at the end, but I thought CC was pretty good last night. Uh, nurse was his usual self and yeah. You know, a couple giveaways and then a couple missed checks and overcommitting that kind of thing. But I don't know. I'm mean, I we beat on I beat on him so much. But yeah, I think if you go, you know, I I'm not going to try to go pairings and whatnot. But I, I mean, it, it's a three on two and Carlson. That that's not the, our defense that's responsibility. Forward. That's forwards coming back being yeah. lazy. That's a you know, maybe thinking it's nice for Evander Kane. I think he was a minus four, right? So um there was a few yeah. there was a few I mean, holes it, on him. It's it's a group <laughs> effort. If you can if you can play if you can, you know, shore up your D D end just playing as five man unit as opposed to us always pegging it on the defense. Because I mean there's teams in the past that have proven you can win with you know sub not top end talent defenseman, right? Yeah. So if we can shore up and start playing as a five man unit, and we've shown that we can do that at times, we just need to find it. But now I wonder, kind of go, we'll finish this up on the Oilers. I wonder, you know, the Florida Panthers finished with the most amount of goals last year. They went to the second round, but they got swept in the second round by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, you know, <laughs> You know, we and then Rupper kind of touched on it earlier. Is like you need to win these games two one three two um, kind of situation in the playoffs. Um, if it hasn't happened at game seventy one, how do we believe that it happens at game eighty eighty three? Rupper, where, where do you think things will will change here for them? Um, you know, and and how concerned are you to play the LA Kings maybe in the first round if they don't uh, get home ice and they finish in that third spot, or they play in a wild card spot and maybe they play the Colorado Avalanche in the first round? Because Colorado's not—they're—they're uh, they're humming it at the best of that they've had all year right now, and you know they're getting healthy as the as the days go on. Where's your concern on that? That those kind of matchups that could be for the Edmonton Oilers, Rupper. Yeah, well, they played. I, I guess I guess it goes like this: you went to the conference final last year. Um, you got swept by the the eventual Stanley Cup champs, so. When the playoffs start, there's got to be fire in your belly, which I'm sure there will be. There's got to be urgency. There's got to be some poise. There's got to be some belief that, hey, we've been here before, and if we get down a game, then 
you know what? We'll come back. How to get there? I don't know because the, the issue that I just like I like I just said I, I don't see a massive improvement on the back end, with the exception of at home, we lost Keith. Um, it's just that, and I, I and I said defensive zone. I'm not I'm not I'm not blaming this on the D or, yeah. or our goalies or anything like that. I'm talking about the defensive side of the puck has to be our first and foremost. We're going to score goals. That's not that's not the issue. It's keeping the puck out of our net. So if they can somehow write that, and you know we've only been talking about three years, so ASAP is pretty much gone. But yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like I, we could beat the uh, beat a dead horse here, right? But I don't want to be a guy, you know after the first round we have a podcast and do our Oilers recap like we've done for the last three years and say the same goddamn thing. So mm. I hope I'm not that guy, but it's I think I might be. Yeah. It's trending <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, Phil, your kind of thoughts on, you know, what, what would you do to, uh, you know, your outlook on this for, you know, you score a lot of goals, but you're giving up a lot against that's not a recipe, you know, especially in the playoffs. And you kind of said it earlier to me today, unless Gary Bettman wakes up and uh, says, okay, the same rules that apply in the regular season will apply in the playoffs where you get a lot of power plays. That's probably the only way the Oilers are probably winning a Stanley cup, but I don't know. Do you want to elaborate more on what you kind of were saying to me earlier on that situation? Cause we do know there's less calls in the playoffs and the Oilers' number one threat is their power play. Yeah, like the Oilers do definitely uh, rely on their power play like quite a bit. And um, when the referees put their whistles away, you're not going to get as many opportunities as you have been getting in the regular season. Uh, not to say that the Oilers can't score five on five, but their power plays like pretty, pretty, po- pretty deadly. And, and you guys can all attest to that. Uh, I know, I know when we're playing the Oilers, the the last thing you want to see is the ref's arm go up because you know it's probably going to be in the back of your net pretty quick. So, um, yeah, I think like what me and Bosco were just saying is like you know they 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 better they better hope the the refs are uh, on their game and calling penalties against them in the are for them in the uh, playoffs here. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how the calls get made and how that is. But we obviously know as the we're, as the rounds go on, the less and less calls there are, and that it's more of a um, a tougher game. You know, it, yeah, but that goes back to what Trev said. Yeah, is is yeah okay for two years, three years we've relied on power play in the playoffs, and it goes back to again what Trevor said was they need to have that urgency right from the get go. And and have that fire where you know what fuck you we made it this far we know what it feels like we know what it tastes like, and we know what it what defeat tastes like. So you got to have that, and and that that comes from your leadership core. They need to bring that down into the guys that maybe weren't here last year. I mean Ekholm's a, a different. Uh, he's been around forever, but but I mean they need to have that fire. They need they can't obviously rely on their power play and they know that and that's hopefully a lesson they've learned yeah well and, and like let's let's like look how how much has Connor mcdavid even evolved his game in the last five years just to win right mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it'd be kind of you kind of look at it. The West is somewhat wide open in a, in a way, but you know, LA since they've made their trades, they've been really good. Vegas has been good for the last several months. Um, you know, like they, they they're they rarely lose. Um, and, and they've had five different goaltenders in net, and they're figuring it out. But uh, you know, who's who's your favorite? Before we kind of move on, who's your favorite out of the West there, Rupper, in this situation as the playoff picture is kind of winding winding down. I got to go with the defending champs, Colorado. These guys are getting healthy and they're starting to fire on all cylinders here and nothing beats experience when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Vandy? I don't know. I like Dallas. Yeah. I, I, I like Dallas. I think had they maybe got past Calgary, um, I, I think we're looking at a... A different, a different yeah. series for us for Edmonton. So I like Dallas. And Phil? I'm with Rupper. I I I never uh sleep on the call on the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Um and they're starting to come on now too. So so uh, what about you, Bosco? Who you got? I like the LA Kings. That's my team there. Um I like the swagger that Drew Doughty had on after hours. Uh, I'm kind of calling a shot and you know, saying he, he is dying. You know, you, you always, uh, we always criticize at times these guys where they stand in the media and, you know, they say things and we're like, well, I wish they just wasn't cliche. You know, Drew Doughty is a, is a quote machine. And, you know, him saying that uh, if he was in the series last year, the Oilers don't get past the, past the LA Kings. Hard to argue. Yeah. And then the fact that he's like, then they asked him, who do you want to play the most? Well, I think it was more Jared Stoll who said, do you want to play the most? He's like, 100%, because I want to return the favor and knock them out in the first round. So, um, And they're 2-0 and against them so far this year, and they got two more games. So, you know, there's somewhat of a bit of a rivalry kick in there. So I think it would be kind of cool. It's good for the good for the game. And you got to give LA the Kings credit, man. Like, not too long ago, they were winning two Stanley Cups, and then they had a bit of a fall. Um, you know, they've, they moved on from some players and some guys have retired and then their rebuild's been pretty good. And, uh, you know, getting Kevin Fiel a lot in the, in the off season was huge for them. You know, that as a player that wasn't in a lineup before corporate Salo has been unreal since January. And we all know what he can do in the playoffs. His history shows itself the last couple of years in the playoffs. He's done really well. So, um, you know, I think, uh, I, I can't sleep on the LA Kings and, um, you know, so that's a team there. But uh, one thing I want to get to tonight, uh, Alex Ovechkin passed one of Wayne Gretzky's many, many of many records. The 14th, the 13th time where he scored 40 goals. So he passes Wayne Gretzky. Um, kind of thoughts on the the Ovechkin train that's uh, we keep seeing here and the the goal scoring machine, and he's just chasing down the ultimate record in that aspect too. It, 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 it's it's awesome. It's you know, growing up uh, Gretzky fan and and seeing all the stuff he did, you thought nobody would ever break any of his records, and here Ovi, you know, broke his record for was it most goals on the road is that yeah. one of them and yeah. now this and i i said it before if, if covid never hits and we don't have lockouts or whatever ov's already broke this record and that's an unfathomable to even think of and i hope he does it because um it'd be honestly a shame with the shit that went down 
the last few years with canceled seasons and this and that, that it, it, it just has to be done. And I think, you know, you got Wayne is probably his biggest fan cheering for him. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, Vandy, your kind of thoughts on the OV train and the goal scoring machine and passing uh, another uh, record that Wayne was, uh, was holding for some time here. Well, here, I just wish our, our youth and, and whatnot realize what they're watching. Like us as adults, not really realizing what Wayne did or what Mario did or, you know, what Eric Lindros did. And, but knowing about it now, I just hope that our kids realize like you guys are watching the greatest goal scorer. And for him to do, I mean, he's a machine too. Mm-hmm. He's built like, he's not built like your average hockey player. So it's, yeah, it is quite remarkable. And I he, mean, he, he, he's doing that in an era where goalies are bigger. Equipment is better. Um, it's you got less to shoot at the skill level. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's insane, man. And, and he's make no mistake. He's worked at it. And, and that's just what he is. My belief is, yeah, the COVID and all that bullshit. He's going to play until he breaks the record. He don't give a shit if he, uh, don't get me wrong. He, he cares if he wins a cup. And that's what his ultimate goal is. But his ultimate goal, or one of his personal goals, he wants to beat that record. He'll play till he's 50. Yeah. He's got three years left on his contract after this year. Phil, your kind of thoughts on Ovechkin and what we're seeing uh, out of him. And, you know, just at the age of, I think, 38, he's still giving her. Yeah, I was lucky enough a few years ago to watch him live and just to watch him, like, sneak around in the offensive zone to get open. It was just like how are these guys not seeing him just like get open, get, get in a position to score. And he just, he just has it. He's got that knack and I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait for him to break that record. Um, I think, I think honestly, I think Wayne Gretzky kind of can't wait for it either. I, yeah, I think of course he's kind of, kind of cheering for him to do it too. Cause you know, Gretzky's got enough records, but you know, <laughs> uh, no, but just, just such a, such a, cool guy too. Like, you know, he just, the, the sheer, the sheer joy he has out there on the ice still. And when he smiles with that, uh, with that missing tooth in the front, like, man, it just makes you smile. Cause he just still loves the game. It's just like yeah. a kid out there. I love it. Yeah. Um, another kind of some more NHL news and notes, uh, Vandy kind of thoughts on Gerard Bedner, uh, head coach of the Colorado Avalanche getting an extension today that's just going to pay him uh, shy of $5 million, obviously great for the money and all that. But uh, what he's been able to do, only the the only coach in the history of hockey to win at all three levels of uh, a pro and, uh, you know, just a great junior resume as well. But, uh, you know, winning at the ECHL level, the AHL level, and uh, the NHL level. Uh, thoughts on what you think of uh, Gerard Bednar as a head coach and what he does for the game and how great that Colorado team is, knowing all the injuries that they have had to face. Well, I, you know, I think if, if it's anybody else, you, you, you wonder why well, he was just kind of handed a, a, a stacked team, but then you look at his resume and you know, the guy's paid his dues as a coach and even, even just hand handing or being handed a stacked team, so to speak, there are still psychological, there's still egos in play and, and you still have to coach them and coach these star players. So it says a lot about what kind of coach he is. I don't think we're surprised that he got extended. Yeah. I think once you win a cup, that gives you a little bit more leash and they've been doing what they're doing without 
their leader and their go-to guy, Atlantis Cogs. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, to, to win at every level is, I mean, he'll, he'll probably be the first to say it's the players that he had, but it says a lot about what kind of coach and what kind of, what kind of guy he is. Yeah. Hockey guy. He is. Yeah. Uh, Ropper, your kind of thoughts on what you see when you watch those Colorado games and, you know, Kale McCarr, I know he was out the other night, uh, another just a little setback here, but uh, you know, he's what he's done with that kind of those players and, you know, molding that defense core into what it has been. And it wasn't easy. You know, he took over uh, quickly shortly after Patrick law didn't want to come back. And, and that first year was not a good year, but uh, it's worked out uh, wonderfully since, uh, you know, and paying those dues rubber kind of your thoughts on what, uh, what he does as a coach and how much you love watching those Colorado games. I, I, uh, it's funny you brought that up because um, uh, a good friend of mine um, that I just met this year, he was an ex-pro, uh, just finished his career up in France. His name's Sebastian Bissalon, and uh, we were talking about uh, next year because we're actually um, taking over my youngest, uh, my youngest hockey team and we want to keep with the times and we were watching an avalanche game and kind of the stuff they do in the ozone where everybody's kind of in motion and Fords are, you know, uh, becoming, uh, coming up and being, uh, the high guy and guys are, you know, interchanging pucks on the blue line. They're, they're doing stuff like literally we both sat there and tried to put pen to paper and, and figure out what the hell is going on here. And we couldn't do it. It's going so fast. I really didn't even have enough time. I, I think a guy needs about five months to dissect what the hell they're doing, but uh, yeah. good on him. You know, he's a student of the game, obviously, and he's got these guys, uh, you know, obviously they're coming off a Stanley cup championship and, you know, let's see if they can repeat. And if they do, then Holy smokes. Yeah. Uh, Phil, your thoughts before we kind of move on to uh, the flames here and what you see out of Gerard Bettner when you watch those games and, Seems like a really good down to earth kind of person too, which is uh, which is also awesome to see and giving back to the community a lot here in in Saskatoon. Yeah, I think I think Vandy and uh, and Rupper kind of said it said all that needs to be said about it. I want what what are your thoughts on him, Bosco? No, I think he's very smart. I think you know, obviously, you know, winning at different levels and figuring out how to do that, you know, it's not easy. Um, you know, but also you know, learning how to get the best out of the players is uh is very important and you know yes he did inherit a pretty really good team and you know joe sakic and chris mcfarland have done a good job uh bringing in you know those pieces into to make sure that they all fit right um but no i i i i like watching his teams um he's got a calm demeanor to him he doesn't really overreact and you know he uh he's pretty honest in his assessment on kind of what happens with the play and and whatnot and he does a good job, uh, you know, getting the best out of McKinnon, um, which is, I think is like, is pretty sweet. And, you know, the ones like McKinnon's very passionate and demands a lot. And, you know, I think he keeps him balanced to, uh, you know, to that acceptance of, you know, um, you know, you can always get to the next gear, but, you know, sometimes on every night you can't. Um, so it's, uh, you know, I enjoy, enjoy watching his kind of coaching style and, the system he's had and it hasn't been easy because they've been decimated with injury all year. So, and, um, you know, he definitely, definitely gets the best out of, out of his players and the most out of his players. So I think that, uh, he's, uh, he's a hell of a coach for sure. And obviously winning a Stanley cup says it, but, uh, 
you know, his, he's like these guys said, he's a student of the game and you know, anyone that's a student of the game is pretty awesome. So do, do you guys, do you guys think Nate would be really hard to coach? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I think so. <laughs> I, I, the offensive side, well, the offensive side, obviously, but I think coming, I, I, to me, I think Nate would be a kind of, he'd be the kind of kid that would just wants to go everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and just want, he, cause he wants the puck on his stick and he's so dynamic that he can at that, even at this level, he can go back, get the puck and go. But yeah, I, I, th- I think so. And I, he, Hey, let's, I, I don't think it's a secret. He's a, he looks to be like, he's stubborn. Mm-hmm. So maybe you know, get the buy-in from him on some things. I don't, I think that'd be hard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, Robert, your thoughts on that? Oh, I, I, I can tell he's a stubborn, a stubborn <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, now, if you had to put me in a room with him and my wife, I'd probably pick Nate McKinnon, to be quite honest with you. But, uh, <laughs> um, you're seasoned, yeah, I, eh, Rupper? You're seasoned. Uh, oh, yeah. When it comes to stubbornness, I'm a grizzled vet. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Obviously, he's buying in, right? Because he has changed his game. Um, I, I, does he have to do it probably a little bit more? I bet you could say that about every superstar, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, one one guy that comes to mind is uh, Stevie Y. I mean, that guy was, you know, that guy was putting up 163 points in seasons. And, and he'll say, and a lot of people will say that, Cops didn't start rolling through Detroit till he changed his game and became more of a two-way guy. So yeah. if you want to use that an example for a lot of kids growing up or a lot of stars, that's a good example to uh, follow. Hey, and if you're betting hour, you you got you got a Stanley Cup, so pretty much you've got Nate will do whatever the hell you say now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you <Pretty>. got him. <laughs> I think you got him for another three, four, five years, whatever well, it is. So yeah. Well Nate. Perfect. Yeah, he obviously Nate's new contract kicks in next year, eight million or eight years, and perfect. You know, and obviously with I think you look well. You're gonna look at you're looking at the West John Cooper. Yeah, essentially. So correct. That is very true, and he is very uh, he's a very smart coach too. Um, all right, uh, we'll finish up on a few more here, but uh, the Flames are up to nothing. Uh, do our Calgary Flames re- report from our friends at uh, Bartolo Barbershop in Calgary. Nick and his team doing an amazing job there. Uh, Phil, you're the Flames guy here. You guys are up to nothing right now. So, uh, you know, the team that you love and dear so much to your heart and uh, they're up to nothing. And they've had some good luck in the last uh, five games here at the Honda Center in Anaheim. And it was an ugly night last night, but uh, they've uh, regrouped and had a good start. And uh, our boy Luch is back in the lineup. And, uh, you know, but you got goals from Richie and Stetcher, the two uh, trade deadline acquisitions. Thoughts on the Flames? And, Kind of the roller coaster of emotions that this team gives the their fan base at times, I guess. Oh, roller coaster is a uh, is is pretty accurate for sure. Yeah, it's uh, you know, you, you one day you're feeling pretty good, like you know what? There's a chance here. There's a chance we're gonna get in, and then you have a night like last night, and you're like, these guys don't even deserve it. They don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Um, it's funny, I, I ran into uh, Ryan Pinder, who's a radio personality down in Calgary, down when I was in Canmore, and we were just saying, like, you know, these guys just won't take 
this opportunity. Like Winnipeg is like, Hey, Calgary, come on in. The door's open. Um, but they just won't, they just won't go through the door. They just won't get it together. Then they can't, uh, they can't, they can't string a couple games together here. Um, but on that note, um, they are getting points, but you know, two points is better than one. Uh, for some reason they like to lose in overtime this year. And, um, I don't know, me and Bosco, like we've kind of talked about how, like, I personally think there's some, uh, some drama going on in the locker room. I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure where he f- sits on that one, but maybe I'll let him uh, chime in here. Uh, we'll go around the horn and I'll kind of give my thoughts to it. But uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Rupper, your thoughts on what we've seen from the flames this year and the up and down and the one goal games and, you know, the, the comments, I guess that have happened through the media, but just in general of their, uh, their roller coaster season Rupper. Well, it's abysmal, like, and it's abysmal because I picked these guys, I think, to even win the, win the West. <laughs> Quite honest with you, when I saw the trades happen, I didn't, I didn't realize what Kachuk really brought to the team. Yes, I know what he brings to the team when he's a pest and he's in your face and, and, and every, but I did not think he'd be putting up the points that he's putting up in Florida. I'll be the first to admit it. I thought the Flames won the trade. I loved Uyghur. The Uyghur or Meager? Uyghur. Uyghur. Yeah. I loved... I loved like Garrett Meager. Jesus, Heather. Um, <laughs> he, you bring in Huberto. You bring... I, I, I'm just in shock. So, to mm. me, that says there is something going on that we're not seeing because you have a line. You got Kadri. You got all these guys... That if you tell me right now that I would take Markstrom over any of the goalies we have in Edmonton, hundred percent, I would take five of their defensemen easily, hundred percent. And I think they're just deeper. Like I, I don't know. It's it's a mystery, and I can only pinpoint it on something's going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of. Andy, your thoughts, and obviously Kadri's ice time is uh, has been uh, falling down in the last three weeks here. Um, but your thoughts on kind of the play that uh, we've seen from the flames. Well, see, I, okay. For one, I think, I think we're seeing with Campbell in Edmonton. I think you're seeing the same thing with Huberto. I think he's getting accustomed to maybe, a, and we've talked about this, getting accustomed to a different system and, and he's just, he doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look, and not that I watched a ton of Florida games, but he doesn't look like, the Huberto that got 116 points last year with that. I mean, I will say it again. I think Kadri is an issue and I, I said it in the chat. I, I think he's a I think he's an issue yeah. for me. That's, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe I'm totally wrong. I love you guys. That's all, uh, that's all there is to be said. I mean, I've had supporters in my corner from day one, never wavered. And, uh, you know, for everyone that thought I was a liability in the playoffs, you can kiss my ass. I think he he just happened to get with a good group last year, a good leadership core that could rein him in and, and you know, winning the Stanley Cup, I think, and then going into free agency might have been the worst thing for him because now he's on a team where maybe there isn't that. And, yeah, they got Luch and, and some other guys, but maybe there isn't that, that you know, he, he he's... 
done it. And now he got the payday and now he's the man when he's maybe probably better off playing a second, third line role mm-hmm. as opposed to being the top guy. Not that he, you know, he's not paid like he is, but, but you know what I mean? I don't know. There, there is definitely something wrong, something going on with that team, whether it's, you know, they've, they've lost belief in Sutter or, or what, but I mean, I, for me, I don't, how, how does that when, you know, Toffoli's having a career year, another, you know, I, I don't, I don't get the, the, or buy into the coach is the issue there. I think there's more to be said about that. And yeah, I dropped names, but that's, and I know we've got, you know, flames guys that come on, but I'm just saying, I, I think that's an issue. Yeah. But you can look at it too. And you can, you can look at um, like, you can go through the the players, like who's having an off year, like Lindholm's having an off year. Uyghurs having an off year, Huberto, Kadri, uh, Markstrom, uh, like the list goes on and on. Like, but who did Lind- Lindholm last like, year had Goudreau and, and Kachuk, right? Yeah, but that's the and but that's the thing, right? It's like that's a pretty huge mix-up, like dropping those two guys out, and then bringing uh, bringing those other two guys, bringing Kadri and Huberto in, and you know, I think we've said it on this podcast before. Like, is Huberto like still in shock that he's sitting in Calgary and not driving yeah, well, his Lamborghini I mean. around Florida? Like, oh, you got change of climate, you got change of system, you got change of scenery a change of culture even well, look at Everything. the panthers too though the panthers are struggling this year like they're not having a great year no like pull like pull a couple of of, of deep rooted players out of a team and yeah you're going to see some you're going to you're it's it going to take some time franchise, to adjust man yeah 100% yeah. I, well, I, I think anyone that doubted or didn't like or and whatever the 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 Kachucks are the Kachucks, and in, in in what people want to say, at the end of the day, the Kachuk kids are superstar players in the NHL. Like Matthew mm-hmm. Kachuk's on pace for another hundred point season if he's not already there. I, um, you know, so you know he's a superstar in the game, and everyone wants to go Kachuk versus Cassian. You know, you look at you go pull up the stats are there. You go to Hockey DB, um, the the the. The beef between Cassian and Kachuk is won. Kachuk won that by a landslide. Um, you know, he got the Battle of Alberta back going. But, uh, you know, since that fight in Edmonton, after he lit Cassian up a few times with some hits in Calgary, Zach Cassian was never the same player. So, you know, and he's still an NHL player. He's still in the NHL. He's, just, he's you know, but he was a driver. He got that team going. Whether people want to hate him or not or is what it is, you know, uh, you see the value in Matthew Kachuk now, and he's trying to will that Florida Panthers team into a playoff picture um, right now. But yeah, you know, you, you remove some players there, and you said it right, Vandy. Like it's tough for for Jonathan Huberto. This guy was drafted, developed, paid all the dues that he did for Florida. Was there? They have a career. He has a career year. He has the they, the franchise has the best year in their existence. Uh, they get passed in the first round and yes, they lose in the, in the, in the call in the second round, they get swept as we said earlier, but you know, you don't think at any point, you know, that you're going to be traded or, you know, you're waiting for your phone to ring to be like, what's the extension look like? Not waiting at the phone and being like, Oh, I'm going to Calgary, you know, no disrespect to Calgary, but uh, you know, it's uh that's a, that's a, that's a shock to you. And I think for Campbell, 
he had so many close friends on that Toronto team. I think it's a bit of a shock to him. You know, like you see it in Campbell's two press conferences, the day they played the Leafs, how hurt he was when he didn't get to play them. But also, you know, speaking of how much he loves, loves those guys. And I just don't know if he got welcomed in like how it was here for him. Like, you know, maybe Oh, I'm sure he got welcomed. Let's like, make, yeah, yeah. make no mistake. These guys got welcomed in. Yeah. It's just personally like it's man. I can't imagine. It's not easy. And then you go from Florida to Calgary, yeah. just this changing climate, man. You're used to, I don't know if he golfs or whatever, but maybe he misses his McLaren or. Yeah, well, yeah, he had a nice house there. He bought a nice place. I, oh, I yeah. You're right. It, yeah. Like, you're right on the ocean. And yeah. it's just, but and now uh, you're, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, but I don't think I don't think the I don't think the Florida Panthers are were shopping Huberto. I don't think the Florida Panthers were even thinking of trading Huberto until the the second Matthew Kachuk came out and was like, "Okay, I'm not re-signing in Calgary." And um, you know, Bill Zito probably obviously saw what Matthew Kachuk could do for a team and who he was as a player, and was like basically what do you want? He told Brad Tree Living, what do you want? Yeah. And and at the end of the day, Daryl Sutter, you don't see like Daryl Sutter is going into next year with a new contract. This is the end of the existing contract this year that he had when he took over <laughs> Bill Peters. So he moves into his next contract next year with the new contract. There's no coach in the history of any sports that gets fired going into a new contract before that contract kicks in. So anyone that wants to talk about Daryl Sutter getting fired, get your head out of your ass. Well, then not getting people, fired. people so. draw your own conclusions yeah, because exactly. I, <laughs> Four mil, he's got 12, $12 million. Old to me, Kachuk and Huberto wash out and you brought in new bodies. Yeah. Who's the, there's a common denominator there. I think there's an issue and publicly it has come out that, a certain player doesn't get along with the coach. Well, you, the coach ain't going away in this instance. So no. where's the common denominator? Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. Like, you know, there, sorry, I'm getting fired up. Now no, because... but I, I, and I'm, and I, it's, it's good. There's nothing wrong with getting fired up, but you know, it's his ice time is deteriorated. Um, but also at the end of the day, you got to play better. Perform. But that's it. Perform, you know, and Daryl's got to be better too. Like, Daryl Sutter said a few things through the pre- through the media this year. They just doesn't need to say. It's not all the time you got to blame the younger kids. Isn't that true, Rupper? Like sometimes at some point in the event, yeah. it's got to take a take onus of this too. Yep. So you know, I I, I don't uh, I don't agree, but uh, and I'm the biggest Lucic fan besides probably his family members. And I think you know having Luch in the lineup is is there's a value there. Is he the same player he was in Boston? No. When he knows that. I don't need to tell that's not news to anyone that knows the game of hockey, but you know, there's a presence there. He is, he is a locker room leader and some of these tough losses, these, these embarrassing losses have come when Luch is not in the lineup and he wasn't in the lineup against LA. And so I don't know, that's a, that's a tough one, but uh, we'll see what happens. You know, they're they're uh, They just scored again on the power play. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go there. We'll finish up on the Leafs here. We God up. damn it. I should have took them puck line. Fuck. Who the flames? Yeah, god damn it. Yeah. I knew it too. Yeah, there's a nice power play goal by Rasmus Anderson. Um, the Leafs get waxed tonight, Rupper. Kind of thoughts on them uh since these uh these six new bodies have come in. It hasn't been great. They're uh they're four, three, and two with uh with these new players in the lineup. Um obviously Ryan O'Reilly has been hurt. Uh, he wasn't in the lineup long, but uh 
they don't this is the second time this year we've allowed six six goals or more um so it's not a trend that they're giving up a lot of goals but uh you know uh giving up seven against an islanders team kind of a tough one for them <laughs> Leafs Nation. Yes, we'll get that. I can't say it's happening to a nicer bunch of guys because social media was, uh, you know, handing them the cup after all these deals were getting made. What a magician! What What's the little young guy with the glasses names again? Uh, Dubis. <laughs> yeah, Dubis was a genius. He was Albert Einstein. To me, the best deal was the uh, O'Reilly deal. I think losing him kind of sets the tone, but it's the same thing. You're changing out, what, six dudes on that team? Like, at trade deadline? Is that what it was? That's a tough That's a tough thing to do. Um, you know, it's going to take them a while to gel, and, you know, I think they need O'Reilly back. And that, I think, I think, I think if, uh, is he a rental? Yeah, well, he's a, he's a UFA at the end of the year. He's going back to St. Louis. He just built a big house there. There's pretty much a lot of people saying he's going back there. At the yeah, end the that's a guy I'd build a team. I, I'd make him my leader. I'd make that guy my captain. Yeah. He uh, he knows how to win. He's all business. Um, that was the best move that they made, in my opinion, and losing him to a broken finger, terrible. But what do you do? Suck at Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Phil, your thoughts? Yeah. Um, so one of my kids coaches, his name's Jeremy. Um, hey, Jeremy. I know he listens to the, I know he listens to the podcast, but I have it in a message. He told me, he said the Leafs did way too much tinkering at the deadline. He said they added too many pieces. They took too many pieces out. And I think you're kind of seeing that right now, you know, you, you get on a new team and you know, you got to get used to it again. You, it's it's like training camp all over again, right? Trying to figure out uh, systems and trying to figure out like what the coach wants. And so, you know, I'm I'm sure Bosco's kind of hoping, you know, by playoffs here, they kind of get uh, things sorted out and figured out and learn the systems and learn how to play together. So, um, yeah, I, I I do I do think maybe maybe a little bit too much and. Sometimes with these uh, trade deadlines, maybe less is more. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that though. Like I, I, I don't think they tinkered too much. I think they tinkered in the right way. When you go compare the guys that got traded, zero donuts, nothing. They contribute absolutely shit all to playing in the playoffs. They don't. Pierre Engvall, 37 playoff games, zero points, nothing. Uh, and I agree. You know, maybe the only one that might bite him in the back, but they did get a first round pick is is Rasmus Sandin. You know, he has worked out, but he wasn't getting those minutes in Toronto. He's getting those minutes in uh in Washington. And at the end of the day, yeah, they miss they miss Ryan O'Reilly, you know. Um John Tavares doesn't really show fuck all, to be honest, when it comes to emotion. It's just go out and play and that's it. There's no there's no like dragging your guys into the fight. There's none of that. So yeah, he's the captain. That's what the deal was when they made the, the contract for mm. there. But um, the there's Dubas texting you. <laughs> that's rubber Texan. So um, uh, he's got a bolt. So yeah, go ahead. Rupper take off whenever you have to there, bud. So um, I'm pretty much going to wrap up here. Good luck. Luke. Good to see you. Good go to see him. you, buddy. Have fun, Rupp. 
he's on mute. So I think he's trying to say goodbye, but he's on mute. So, but, uh, sorry, to... sorry, boys. No, trying no. to figure out how to work this thing. Yeah. I got a bolt. I got a, yep. I got to, uh, take off, sharpen some wheels and, uh, yep. thanks for all the well wishes to Luke. And yeah. we'll talk when I get Good back. Luck, guys. Yep. Good luck. Yeah. Catch you guys on Twitter there. So later. Later. Um, but yeah, no, I just think, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm watching this game, um, they're, it's all about goaltending, just like it is with the Oilers. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was going to ask. What yeah. What's their plan in net, Bosco? There is no plan in net, right? There is no plan. It's just, if this guy goes, this guy goes, they'll go, they'll, they'll go back and forth. That's what they'll do. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Murray's gotten lit up in the last six starts he's had. Uh, it's the first time Samsonov has gotten lit up uh, all year. So, but his he has been the better goaltender. He's only been injured once. Uh, Murray's been injured twice. Murray Murray's Murray's injuries have been long term injuries. Uh, Samsonov's injuries have been short term. Uh, he's only had the one. Um, you know, tonight I don't know if his head was in the game. I I understand his wife told him to go play this game, but he's expecting a child. And they're on the road and, you know, I, I don't know if this is the first child, second child, I don't know. But when you have a new one coming into the world, um, I'm kind of surprised that they had him play because with Luke Shen, they told Luke Shen to stay in Vancouver until your kid was born and then join the team. So I'm kind of surprised the, me- the messaging was a bit different. I think um, family and stuff comes over hockey at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, it's up to them, right? It's up to the players. The Leafs will only win in the first round. If Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Nylander are studs and show up and outperform, that's the only way they're going to win. They ain't going to win. There's, there's only one team out of 16 that is going into the playoffs with the best goaltender in the world. And that's the Tampa Bay lightning. There's only one team out of 16 teams that's going into the playoffs with the best coach. And that's John Cooper with the Tampa Bay lightning. So, you know, like there, you can't change that from now. So, but what you can change is Austin Matthews can take this team, put on his back. Mitch Marner can take this team, put on his back. John Tavares and William Nylander. William Nylander has been invisible the last four games. John Tavares has been tough. You know, he's tired. He looks like he's gassed. Um, and Mitch Marner, everyone wants to love Mitch Marner, but Mitch Marner was horrendous tonight. And he was, he was involved in three goals against that were completely on his stick and were the reason the puck went in the back of the net. So, you know, and you played a new, you played a, a New York Islanders team that sits there and, and feasts on mistakes. And every single goal that was in the back of the net was a, a self-inflicted mistake by the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. So that's why that's what a new New Jersey, that New York Islanders is a really good team. And it kind of goes to what Vandy had said. If I'm Boston Bruins, I don't want to see the New York Islanders in the playoffs in the first round. I don't want to see that because Sorokin is a 10 times better goaltender than Allmark. Sorokin is probably the second best goaltender in the NHL compared to Vasilevsky. And his stats prove it. He's got more shutouts in less games than any other goaltender in the history of the game. So, and Mike Johnson showed on the TSN broadcast tonight. He is allowing high danger chances. He's allowing one less goal per game than any other goaltender besides Vasilevsky. So, and Vandy talked about it with with Bob Stoffer. And Vandy has also said too, you know, he, he said it in our chat. He might not have said it on here. I'll give him the platform to say it. But if I'm the Boston Bruins, I do not want to see the New York Islanders because that team could, uh, that could be a scary matchup. No, oh, yeah, 100%. I just, for the simple fact is, yeah, you want to go analytics and uh, analytics, then it's, 
you know, Boston president's trophy winner. They never go to the Stanley cup and, you know, more than often than not, they lose in the first round. But aside from that, they've got the experience, but yeah, I don't, you know, uh, Florida, I I'd rather see Florida. I think I'm cheering for them, but I don't think Florida will get it. I think the aisle. Yeah. The aisle. I think that would be get that place. number one spot. And yeah, if I'm Boston and then not only that, but you've got, you've got a rabid hungry fan base man. In, in the <laughs> Island. Right. So yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. Do they play in the Island? Like do well, they, they play the new, yeah. new rink, but they're still in the Island. Yeah. They're in Belmont area, but they're, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, yeah, no, they're the vicious Islanders guy. are the last team that I want to play. Yeah. They're vicious. They're uh, six and goals against, Yes, they're twenty-five and goals forward, so they don't give up. They don't score a lot, but the, lately, with Barzell not playing, the sticks have been hot um, for them. So, I, I don't know, man. Like the Leafs, in a day, what they do from now until then, like Tampa Bay lost to Montreal tonight. So, you know, the parity in the league is what it is. It's at the end of the day, it all that matters what happens from game eighty-three to, you know, whatever after that is for the Leafs. That's how the Leafs will be judged. The Leafs ain't going to be judged on anything that happens between now and game 82. We know that they're going to play the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, it all depends where they finish, if they finish you know, with home ice or if they don't finish with home ice. But uh, they had bad goaltending and they played, they went to game seven last year. Like Jack Campbell was not really that great in the playoffs and they went to game seven last year versus the best goaltender in the world. But I don't know, man. There's only one team that's beaten the Tampa Bay Lightning in the last three years, and that's Colorado Avalanche. So it's going to be pretty hard. You know, the task isn't going to be easy for the Leafs. But the only way the Leafs win is if their four guys go versus the other four guys on the other end. And yeah, they got to be better than Kucherov, Hedman. Yeah, point. Yeah, point and and um, Lauren probably Stamkos. Yeah, Stamkos. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, if they're better than them, they win. If not, no, they they don't. So. At the end of the day, that's how they'll get judged, and that's how that's how it'll work. But you know, I'm I'm going in picking Tampa Bay to win that series. Like, why would anything change otherwise? I'm about history. History shows that the, history kind of does show. Eventually, you have to get you have to get through it. You know, Man, you got to be more positive. What's that? I'm not, I'm not though because like you know, I I don't. I, I like the moves because they're the right moves. I don't know why Luke Shen's out of the lineup. Like I understand like you drafted, you develop Lilligren, but Lilligren is struggling here. Luke Shen had a strong back-to-back performance. I don't know why he's not in the lineup. Like he's two Stanley cups. He's got better numbers, better stats than Justin Hall too. Um, you know, but you know, Jake McCabe, uh, you know, that was a rough night for him too. Like tonight was a rough Yeah, tonight is tonight. I would it, it, it I have like, I will admit I have like Jake McCabe's game. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, and you know, but tonight's a wash. Like those games happen. They've only, like I said, man, like they've only been, it's only, this has only happened twice all year. They've been pumped with six moles, six goals or more. So they typically don't give up this much, but you know, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, it's at this point in the season where you know you're going to face who you're going to face. You've been in that situation for a while, so um, you know, we've known that they've been playing Tampa Bay probably ever since the start of the regular season. Like it's, it's uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. I uh, that's the hurdle. Get over that hurdle, boys. Yeah, exactly. So, and if any team will do a duel, that will be the Toronto Maple Leafs, and and. You know, there'll be them. It'll be Samson. It'll be, it'll, it could be one and one. It could be what you play this game. You play this game. You play this game. You play this game. Like 
literally that's how it is. So, you know, and that's just the way it's worked out all year. And, you know, Samsonov is Samsonov is one and eight in career playoff games. So you're not going in with a lot of confidence there. And yes, Murray's won two Stanley Cups. So maybe he gets in the playoffs to catch lightning in a bottle. But I do think Murray will start game one. Um, just like you kind of think Jack Campbell will start game one for the Oilers. I do think Matt Murray will start game one for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, um, well, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, well, yeah, we'll see. Like, Hey, Stuart Skinner allowed six, uh, four, uh, four goals in his last start too. It's not like he's, uh, you know, he's holding the fort where he's not allowing a lot of goals in here. So I don't know. Like there's a, it's funny. I, I only really hint at this because again, like, you know, I listen to stuff. He's been on with us. He said today, he goes, the spec was on or there's now today and spec goes, well, we know who's going to start game one. And Bob goes, I actually don't know who's going to start game one. He's like, he's like, you guys all want to keep on pointing to Skinner here and Skinner here. He's like, I would hold off on that a little bit. You know, I, I, like, you know, I think he wants, I, I agree. Like, 100%. Stop it. Yeah. And Phil, I go, yeah. Like I, I agree, man. Yeah. Like, 100%. Let's pump the brakes. Skinner, look, he's having a fantastic year. Great for him, too. I agree. But playoffs is about experience. It is a different animal. It is. It's a different animal at U11. Yeah. Like, times that by 10. The crowd, everything. It is. Like, mistakes like, are amplified. This, that, the other thing. It is a different beast. Yeah. You, Not to mention, you're more than likely going to start on the road. Yeah. And that's a, and I was just going to get to that. In LA. How much more, how much more difficult is that Vandy starting on the road? Either it's LA or case in point, Colorado, Dallas. Like yes. those, are three, and those are three easily matchups that, that are possibly going to be, they're going to be fixed in the first round. Yeah. I mean, it's just remember when you were a kid and you get the boiler pom poms and all that stuff. And I mean, it, the whole city gets, in tuned in it with LA. I don't know. Maybe it's a section of a city. Maybe it's, I mean, think of how many but they people sell are in LA. They sell that whole hundred percent and they're rowdy, you know, they're loud and they got that barn that over, you know, it, yeah. So let's pump the brakes on Skinner. I love what he's doing. He's a, you know, self side boy through and through, but let's, let's hold off and let's see how this all plays out here. Yeah. Phil, you want to say any final thoughts on these topics before we sign out? We've going uh, going on pretty good here, but yeah, no, not no. Just it was just good stuff, you guys. Good stuff listening in. We so. need we need the Flames and the Oilers in the playoffs. So come on, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, I think uh, Nashville won, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, the Nashville won and uh, Winnipeg. Winnipeg won, so that's usually how it works out. These teams win and then they yeah. lose. So um, it's typically how uh, how things go. But uh, yeah, so let's um, um, you know we'll uh, we'll finish up on that and um, you know appreciate everyone for tuning in. We'll have another episode later. I got I got one more thing though. Okay, I just I want to I just want to bring up yesterday again. Um, I just want to say thanks to you, Bosco, for uh, for organizing that and uh, making making a really special day for my kids, uh, getting to go see the Oilers and the Sharks practice and meeting a few players. And huge, huge thank you to Matt Benning. Huge thank you to Derek Ryan for taking some time out of their schedules to 
come and see the kids and, you know, making sure every single kid got a picture and an autograph and, um, another, and then thanks to Eric Carlson too, who took the time to take pictures with my kids too. So thanks to those players and thanks to you too. Jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> When why, don't you, why, don't you tell the, why don't you tell the fans guy. that story, Vandy? <laughs> when he ran, that poor kid, he ran up, asked Eric Carlson for an autograph and said, no, you have an oiler jersey on. Beauty. Yeah. Poor kid. I mean, poor kid. Obviously. <laughs> he said he doesn't, um, he wanted his hat signed and it was an Oilers hat. He said, I don't sign anything. That's, I wouldn't sign an Oilers hat. That's what he said. Yeah. So, still. <laughs> but I mean, that's awesome. But no, I mean, yeah. They're hockey players are the best, man. Yeah, they uh, they are. It was a good day, and like you said, Phil, every, Derek Ryan and uh, and obviously Johnny Boychuk, we ran into him too. I got right, I, right, Johnny Boychuk too. Matt Benning, obviously, they didn't leave until they signed every autograph. And Johnny, we just ran at the end, like we just ran ran into him at the end of the. Thing. There were kids taking their shoes off, getting their shoes signed. I know it was crazy. <laughs> was Matt, Matt was, and they were <laughs> signing him. Matt, he was signing him. Yeah, oh. he was. No, he was, Matt. Matt Benning's like, are you sure your parents are okay with this? Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I'm Matt, pretty sure parents probably told him to do it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was funny. It was. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's a beauty for sure. And obviously, congrats to him on uh, 100 career points and. Little, yeah, congratulations, bingo. A little months, months bark there, but uh, yeah, no, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a, a success, a successful day, and this are kind of something that I think we'll be doing and uh, doing a lot more throughout the year. Um, so yeah, if people are looking to get involved in this, just let us know, send us a message, and you know, we're uh, we'll have some more information out on this as possible. But, uh, but yeah, um, finish up on that. Uh, appreciate everyone for listening in and, uh, you know, give us a like, give us uh, subscribe to us, uh, give us a review, all that stuff. We appreciate it and uh, enjoy the week, everyone. And we'll, uh, we'll chat with you guys uh, towards the end of the week. <laughs>